They say this is a big rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light city life, I gotta make it. This is where it goes down. I just happen to come up hard. Legal or illegal, baby, I gotta make it. I never it. took a straight path nowhere. Life's full of twists and turns, bumps and bruises. I live, I learn. I'm from that city full of yellow cabs and skyscrapers. It's hard to get a start in these parts without paper, homie. I grew up in hell. A block away from heaven. Hey, what's up, everyone? We are finally back. It's the Powercast, and this is episode 22. And we're going to be recapping Power Season 5, Episode 1. Yes, it's finally back, and we've been waiting a long time for this show to come back. And wow, what an episode number one that was. So yeah, I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? Uh, very. How you doing, Dana? I'm doing well. Yay, power. Yep. So that was that was a pretty good season premiere right there. Um, so yeah, we, we're definitely going to give some of our thoughts and feelings about the events that unfolded because a lot happened and seems like it's going to really shape the season so uh let's dive right into it um so yeah uh, uh when the show opened we we saw angela um and she was kind of disturbed she was at uh ray ray's crime scene because you know um and she was a bit disturbed because she told tasha about where ray ray was and that she she thought that you know he was the one who killed reyna and next thing she knows ray ray ends up dead so she's thinking that you know because she told tasha tasha must have told jamie and you know that's then raymond ends up dead basically and that directly links her to the crime um and you know later on we actually see that there's an, an internal affairs you know um, agent who's doing some digging around the crime scene and trying to figure out what's going on too um, and that kind of puts some pressure on Angela and we also see that you know she she actually confronts Tasha about it uh, early on in the episode and um, she Tasha actually reveals that it was Tariq and uh, Tasha I mean Angela says that you know the um the gun is linked to to Tasha so like you know all the the investigation needs is to link the bullet from Raymond's crimes crime scene to the record of her gun and you know they're going to find out that it was it came from her so Tasha asks her if she can you know delete that record and then that kind of sets up a lot of what happens later but what did you guys think of you know that opening and Angela's dilemma and her link to, you know, Ray Ray's murder. Um, I'll go to you first, Rich. Well, I, I think that Angela should have used some foresight that uh, something might potentially happen when she had revealed that information to Tasha. Um, be very determined that oh, the show kind of starts with her uh, being a bit distressed at what happened. It's the beginning of the end for Angela. It's wonderful. It's great. I love it. Here's what I think. I think that we all know that she's acting out of some type of guilt. Because if she was able to separate herself from the situation, then she would know, let me not get my feelings involved with this. But instead, she, you know, she realized what she did because she, what she did was guttural. 
she had this gut feeling, you know, she, and plus she was also dealing with a lot of guilt from her actions of the previous season, also going with Ghost. Um, the Now, I would have normally would you just said, oh, this is nothing, you know, she's just acting on emotions. But the reason why I say this is the beginning of the end is because we now have the internal affairs. And remember, for me, I felt like they spent a lot of uh, they spent a lot of time on Angela and a lot of the emotions and the feelings. Like for me, that scene was very it was something that dealt a lot with, you, you know, when you just um, how can I explain it? It felt like it was not emotional as in like I'm crying and hysterical, but one of those everything was driven by emotion scenes. And even with her being, you know, disoriented and everything, I felt that this was her being unable to separate herself from her emotions and then her realizing what she did. And I felt that because of her actions, which we'll talk about later on in the episode as well, is going to further lead her down to her own demise. Which is something that I uh, would appreciate as opposed to somebody just taking her out. She's reached the point where it's good for her, this character, to just face her own demise. So I was very happy when I saw it. And I like the fact that they introduced the internal affairs uh, investigator so that, you know, this will play out and build up more. And to go really quickly with that witness, I know we'll talk about it a little bit later but I have a very different opinion than what you guys have about The Witness. Awesome. Wow, I mean, the, the, the show just came back and you're already predicting the death of my girl, Angela. Like, <laughs> no, I never stated that she was going to die. I said this is better than her dying. I said that this is her own downfall. Because if we, we go and explain what happened and what she did throughout the episode... To me, it's leading up to her being incarcerated. And I think at the end of the day, she's not going to have anyone to rely on because of what she did. Yes, right now she seems to be buddy-buddy with Tasha, and we'll explain more about why. But for the moment, I feel that it's only temporary. When it comes to Tasha really standing for this woman or go standing by this woman, they're going to choose their own family first over um, Angela. Hey, uh, I'd like to make a quick comment before you move on, Gary. Uh, one thing we know about the character is that she will go above and beyond and break some rules to get stuff done. Because I recall back to the first season when uh, she tried to get access to was based on her basically covering up things and lying and being shady. Exactly. That's what she got. And I think that this show, as many problems as I have with it at times, that is to show your rise and your fall of multiple different characters at the same time. So, yes, I think the previous season, you know, was her rise and she's at this position. This season, I feel, is going to be her downfall. And everything catching up with her. Yeah, I, I do agree. I feel like a lot is going to catch up with her this season. And uh, her back is going to be against the wall. But I do think that when she starts to feel that pressure and her back is against the wall, I think that is probably the point where she's going to call on the one person who will probably always be there for her. And that's Jamie. So I, I think she's going to, at some point during the season, I think she's going to ask him for help. So, so I do. 
In so, other words, you're saying that that will lead to another passionate love scene between Jamie and uh, and Angela. That's what you're saying. Oh, oh for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, go ahead. I think Jamie's going to have a stick by this woman's side. It's like if you have you know your main life that you're dealing with and you're trying to be clean, and then you have your side chick. You're going to choose your wife over the side chick. Mm, well, I mean. The, in this the, I don't see the wife Jamie. is kind of acting up though she's she's kind of doing her own thing a little bit the wife is justified with her acting up I mean let's be honest here Jamie yeah. is not exactly uh husband type material he can provide but when it comes to faithfulness making sure you're actually watching your kid he's not exactly there she's emotionally in need of of some loving. Well, I mean, like, you know, if, if his wife is getting the coffee on the side, then, you know, Jamie's going to want a cup of tea at least, you know, so. <laughs> he had <laughs> and his little chai tea, but at the end of the day, he's going to stick with his water because at the end of the day, water is nutritious. We all have a little soda pop when we need some soda, but he's going to stick with his water. Fair enough. Well, I guess we'll see what happens. But um, yeah, so getting to the witness, there was a scene where, you know, the witness is talking to, uh, you know, the, the the other people that Angela works with. I can't recall the names right now. I always forget that that one guy's name. Um, I think Mok is is the, uh, you know, the, the Korean guy. And uh, I can't remember the, the white guy's name. But yeah, um, the witness is talking to, you know, um, some of Angela's colleagues and she she basically links Jamie to being ghost because previously you know there there was some confusion and they thought maybe Tommy was ghost but she uh directly links Jamie uh because she saw him on screen you know when he was on camera and everything uh, because of Tate um she saw him on screen and she linked him directly to being ghost and uh so now they have her testimony on that and uh, the question is, where is that going to lead us in this season? Is this going to be a, a potential downfall for Jamie, or you know what was going to happen there? So Dana, you said you had some some thoughts on that. So uh, I, your thoughts? Because remember, they're going by voice thing, right? So for me, his voice can sound like anyone's. It's a regular, ordinary voice. This is not Barry White. So I do see there being some type of technicality issue and that it's not going to, you know, go. Maybe it's not even admissible, but I don't see this being a serious thing. Really? I mean, because because Jamie murdered her husband, right? And uh, yes. she was apparently there when it yeah. happened. Um, right. So like but you your could... voice. So I can, you're sitting on the, say you're sitting on the stand and you're saying, I heard this voice. You was under distress. You was distracted. You didn't see what you saw. All you heard was a voice. How distinct was the voice? Is there a voice lineup? The man, for me, Jamie, does not have a voice where it's very distinguishable. It's very, oh gosh, I can't pronounce the word. It's It sticks out. To me, his voice can sound like anyone. Like I said before, it's not exactly like a Barry White. So I think that she can easily be cross-examined and be dis dismissed. 
remind me of something real quick did, uh was it the voice she recognized or did she actually see him when the murder occurred it was just the voice oh, okay it's the voice just, yeah. you're just and you're under distress you haven't seen the person to me i don't see this being credible like you can easily see it's not credible for me yeah, I guess, I mean, I think there are, like, voice matches and stuff, like, voice matching technology they can use and stuff like that, but you do have a point, there's probably some technicalities there that they can... Why lie detectors are not admissible in court is a, it's faulty. You can easily fuck it, so I just don't see it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that, that like you said, there probably is some kind of technicality they can... uh get around there but richard what's your thoughts on on this witness so i i understand the uh the fact as you both mentioned that because it was such a traumatic event and this is of course someone that she loved was in a relationship with i I think in some instances people they 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 do they do remember aspects of that that in of you know but it's really good and you're gonna find multiple people in new york city who know at least English and Spanish, especially where the areas of where they're filming power and, you know, the locations and stuff, just to go to a supermarket, you're going to at least have to know basic Spanish. Then you also have the um, Arabs who work at the deli. So there's about four different cultures and literally one block. So you're going to pick up a little Spanish and a little bit of something else. You may not be able to sit and have a full-blown conversation, but you can have like a minimal basic understanding. So for me, I don't exactly see that being a big thing. No comprende. City is a hodgepodge of cultures and religions and races and languages. One one last thing I will add. We know that they would, they, you know, covered them up so that they didn't see anything. We know when we saw them at the back of the club at that point yeah they were already covered up they didn't see anything and then she heard her husband getting killed but if they actually heard music or know of anything in that area i mean we don't know if (laughs) yeah i finally see it play out but yeah something interesting to to look out for but um so moving on uh, you know, there, there's there's quite a few scenes where we see the trio together, Jamie, Tommy, and Kanan, and you know uh, they're kind of working together again and building their chemistry. What I found funny was that there was a scene where Jamie asked, "Oh, how can I trust you, Kay?" But they've already been hanging out with this guy for like days now, and now he's still wondering like whether he can trust him. But yeah, um, but anyway, there's a scene that pops up where. Uh, you know, a boy visits Tommy and tells him about Callahan's murder and everything. And then um, he, the, the boy says that he thinks the new connect did it. And, you know, obviously Tommy gets very upset about that. And then it makes him want to act on things. And um, then they, they go, they actually go to a warehouse looking for Dre and a shootout happens there. Um, and, you know, Jamie actually ends up getting shot. And then, uh, later on, he goes to Proctor to help him get patched up, you know, because they all get away from the shootout and everything. Um, and Proctor helps, you know, Jamie get patched up and everything like that after the, the, the shot. 
So, yeah, um, what did you guys think about those early interactions with the trio and, you know, um, their whole scheme to try and get Dre and everything like that? You know, just focusing on the early part of the episode because there's more to talk about later. But, you know, um, how did you think the setup was of, you know, this whole uh, story arc? Um, go to you first, Rich. All right, so... um I have to say, again, I understand they are coming together for the conflict of taking down Dre, but I have to say, very, very sloppy outing. And, and Dre made them all look bad in this first episode uh, because that little shootout, I, I laughed through most to see that. But uh, Tommy, you know, yeah, Tommy tried to help him best he can. And then we see Kanan roll up and fire multiple shots, shooting at absolutely nothing because he didn't hit nobody. So, um, I wasn't too impressed with that. Now, obviously, I'm sure they are into the. So, it's, you know, it is some conflict there, and I do believe that it's going to all of that. But then, yeah, for sure, um, it's definitely interesting, and I agree. Um, they Dre really did make them look bad, you know, in that in uh, throughout this episode, actually. But um, like to me, it's like. Throughout the whole of season uh, three and four, it seemed like Kanan could easily just pull up on Dre whenever he wanted and like boss him around and do whatever. And now it's like he's having trouble, like, you know, um, just shooting at him and stuff like that. It's like the it's completely switched, you know, like he at first he kind of had this command over Dre and now it's like, you know, Dre is just commanding everybody like and yeah like it, it just seems kind of weird the dynamics because it's like we've seen jamie tommy and kanan be dominant figures throughout you know the this entire show and you know they've always been more ferocious than dre and now all of a sudden everything's flipped and dre is like the big bad guy and you know he's kind of he, he's kind of got one up on them at you know at all points now of the show so it's a bit funny to see that dynamic and how just how much it's flipped but um dana what's your thoughts on you know those early interactions between the trio the super friends you know and and uh their you know their desire to catch dre well um they're super friends because they're friends to the end best friends and super friends um no god lord that was corny it was so corny it was about as 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 well coordinated as a dc movie or as threatening as a marvel villain before thanos and black panther it was just corny as you were saying before the shootout was ridiculous here you had you know before in the previous season you know he's all bossing dre around i remember i always did like dre i said that dre was the one that's gonna rise up and be like you know, the one who takes over things. But I did not anticipate it was going to be this corny. And it made no sense. All of a sudden, you go from, like, bossing him around and, like, I'm the top dog and big man. And, like, all of a sudden, you're, like, in, in you can't shoot and you're scared and you're cowering. And the fact that, you know, we'll talk about it later. But there's a card incident with the card. And everyone's like, oh, my God, it's a card. And everyone's all afraid of a card. Um, It was just awful. He was just randomly shooting in the air. Wasn't hitting anything. You you know what 50 Cent reminded me of in this episode? Remember in Iron Man 3 when all of a sudden Iron Man started getting PTSD and panic attacks and anxiety? 
That's what 50 Cent was. It was just so corny. Um, other than that, if you take away the corn factor and the fact that I didn't like the fact that all of a sudden they're all like best friends now and they're sitting in the car and they're driving and, you know, they're going through the warehouse and they're all buddy buddies and, you know, helping drag, um, who was it, uh, Jamie out like all together and the whole situation with Proctor. <laughs> God, the fact is that I don't see why all of a sudden they're afraid of Dre. If I would have just had that explanation, then I would have been all for it. But again, I do like the fact that, that Dre is, you know, kind of like this threat. And I said that he should be a threat, but not this cornerly. That is the issue that I have. So I hated it and I liked it, but I hated it again. I thought it was extremely not well coordinated. And they could have worked on that scene a little bit more. I don't like the fact that all of a sudden they're besties. If you're going to come together for a common goal, I don't have a problem with that. But don't sit up in the car and in the warehouse and start having conversations like you've been, you know, buddy-buddy for the past 40 years. And you've raised your children together. And, you know, you've gone through drama and women issues. That's the problem that I had. So I felt that it was very forced. I said this about the last season. I felt that they everything was just forced. I think that the whole Dre threat situation was rushed. They should have taken a little bit time, a little bit of time to just flesh that out because it was very for me it was very jarring and it came off as being very corny and it wasn't well executed. But I appreciate what they was trying to do. If that makes any sense. It just wasn't well executed. And therefore, I couldn't really get into it. And I couldn't take it seriously. Even if like 50 Cent or or Jamie or even Tommy had some type of attitude. Like, I'm not even going to talk to him. Or give him like some type of side eye. Or you felt that. T- I didn't feel any tension between the three. You can come together for a common goal. But let me still feel that underlying tension. Because remember, you had previously... Where um, Kanan and Ghost and everybody was trying to kill each other. So it just really didn't make any... It was just weird. And I felt like they just threw out the, the history and the tension that they had before. And just all of a sudden, we, we love you. We're best friends. Let's go have pizza and hang out and get our nails done. Ouch. Okay. Um, there, there was um, this one scene where, uh, you know, Kanan was trying to ask Tommy about Tariq. And we're going to talk a lot about Tariq later on because there's, you know, a few things that he does. But, um, but you know, there was that scene where Kanan is asking, you know, um, about Tariq and whether he was scared at the crime scene and stuff. And uh, it seems like, you know, Jamie and Tommy hasn't even told Kanan that it was Tariq that killed Ray Ray and stuff. Um, so, you know, he still kind of cares for Tariq, it seems. But they, it seems like Tommy and Jamie don't want Kanan to be anywhere near Tariq or to even be asking about him because Tommy was pretty aggressive in that scene with regards to, you know, Kanan bringing him up and stuff. So do you think that that might be something that comes to play with that, you know, the, the, the that friendship dynamic later on? Because Kanan still obviously cares about Tariq, but, you know, um, they, they know that he kind of kidnapped Tariq before, so they don't want him to be anywhere near Tariq at this point. Um, even if they are working with him. So do you think that might be something that kind of causes a bit of friction 
in you know their friendship later on would you think rich yeah i i definitely think there is still going to be some tension uh that's a very good reason because i do remember that scene specifically um there is still going to be some tension later because i mean they obviously they, uh, they their goal right now is to take down dre but again you know operating as a team and everything because uh, there was even that one scene where in that where they're in the car and they're talking about Tommy, like they're joking about him and uh, how he he uh, introduced them to some I don't know some white guy or racist or something, and that person used the N word, and then you know Tommy didn't know whether to beat the guy up or you know join in or whatever, and you know they had a, a little joke, a little fun moment about that. So it's like I think they do kind of want to sh- show us what their chemistry used to be, but. But, um, you know, the scene like the one we just described where Kanan is asking about Tariq, I think little scenes like that is when they're still trying to show that there is some tension there as well. But, um, Dana, what's your thoughts on that scene where, you know, Kanan asks about Tariq? And do you think that that is going to be a factor in their friendship later on? Here's the thing. I don't have a problem with them being friends in the past. I want them to explore that relationship of what caused them to break up. What was the friction? We never got that. I don't have a problem with that. My fact, my problem is they made them super friends. Be friends, not super friends. So that was my issue. It, it became too corny. Um, my thing is, Tommy is crazy and we've seen Tommy be crazy. So I'm waiting for him to snap and to, you know, go off. The problem is this. We have, um, uh, oh God, the name is Kanan, having some type of, of feelings and care for Tariq. All right? Weird, but okay, fine. So you have him, I can see him either sticking up for Jamie. And that maybe that relationship, they end up being friends and something ends up happening to Tommy. I don't know, but the fact, I just didn't, I was frustrated by the scene. And I felt that because they made them these best friends all of a sudden again too quickly, that it just, it's going to end up being really weird when I think there's going to be some type of cross between the three. They're going to break up again and they're going to be enemies again. But the fact is that for me, yeah, there was that little tiny scene of like the tension thing. And maybe they harpered on that just a little bit. So you can, it's can tease you for the next episode or what's going down by the line. But the way how they just executed them being super friends so quickly that I don't think that them ended up crossing each other is going to be well thought out type of thing. So I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know. I do see that, you know, the, the show is going to have them break up. And it's going to be over Tariq. But I think that it's going to be something to do with Tommy snapping. Because that's just how Tommy is. And I do see that maybe Jamie and Kanan might, I don't know, through some weird Bond thing. And then the whole thing with the son. I don't know. It's all over the place with me. I just don't know. Yeah, there are a lot of different possibilities, I guess, where they could go. But yeah. It's interesting. Um, plausible so, one would for Tommy to go off. That would be the most plausible. What go off on his own? 
No, to for him to either go off on his own or to him to go off on on Kanan. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely think that's a possibility. Because Tommy is crazy, and I do see that happening. But for this episode, they made everyone too soft. So I just don't know. Yeah. It was it was really weird. In fact, 50 Cent still cares for the other guy's son. And he, you know, it's, it's weird because if it, it can go... Here's the thing. It's weird because I don't see Kanan, like, sacrificing his life or anything for Tariq. That I just don't see happening. But I do see him having some type of care for his son. But I do see there being... I can't really break it down because it's just too weird and corny. I just... Honestly, I just don't know. I'm going to just say that. I don't know what's going to happen with them. Because of just how it was executed in the scene. Yeah, there's like too many uh, different threads to pull on uh, for this. There's there's so many things that could happen at this point. So... I guess we just go wait and see what direction. It's for me to figure out what the heck is going to happen. Going on at the same time. Too many storylines. Yeah, indeed. Um, so yeah, speaking of other storylines going on, um, there's this really random scene where Angela pops up at Proctor's place and she offers her help to him because he's going through a case with, uh, with Mock, you know, the, the Korean guy. And, yeah, she basically shows up wanting to to help him out. Um, so, do you think that this is foreshadowing a possible union between the two, whether professional or more later on? <laughs> Go ahead, Rich. What do you think? Wait a second. W- what do you mean, or more, Gary? Are you? <laughs> it's possible. I think um, you know they were talking to each other in Spanish and stuff. Like you know, so I don't know. I, I think anything is possible at this point. Yeah. But, um, we'll see. We- what do you think that that scene was about, though? You know, Angela wanting to help him and stuff like that. I I, I honestly think that, uh, like I mentioned uh, when we started the show, this is going to be a season about slowly unraveling every character uh, on. Because again, this is a loose end that needed to be tied up, you know. And uh, while I hate to say it, you know, Tommy and Ghost, at some point or another, they when Angela. Um, he is a very powerful character just because he knows so much about Tommy and uh, and Jamie. And I do think that, you know, wherever this show goes and whatever the, the end is, I think he's going to have a lot to do with whatever happens. So um, there there is definitely a lot riding on that character. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him die at some point because of that, um, like you said. But yeah, um, Dana, what's your thoughts on... Uh, Angela visiting Proctor and do you think that that's leading anywhere you're muted by the way or is she even there I think that means she don't care about Proctor (laughs) (laughs) I guess so ouch (laughs) but yeah um I don't know. I, th- I think it's it's interesting to see um, Angela. Like we said before, she she has a lot of pressure on her this season. She's got internal affairs on her case, and it seems like her, her co-workers kind of want to get her out. So she kind of does need allies. So I think it, it's probably a little smart of her to kind of you know um, get as many professional allies as she can 
Um, at this point, she probably doesn't want anything to do with Jamie. I think that might change later on. But at this point in time, you know, I think she just wants people to align herself with that can kind of help her out, you know, here and there. Uh, especially when, you know, she's kind of taking it upon herself to bury evidence and things of that nature. So, um, yeah, and that's something else. Let, let's get into that, too. So uh, there's a couple scenes throughout the episode where, you know, we see Angela. Uh, there was one scene where she, she brings up the record on the computer she decides not to delete it at that point and then the internal affairs investigator comes in and asks her um you know why she was at the crime scene you know ray ray's crime scene and stuff like that um and you know uh basically want in an alibi of what she was doing and everything like that um and then later on in the episode she actually does delete the file you know um after a few back and forth conversations with tasha so um, she deletes the file. So, do you think that's going to come back and bite her in the butt, Rich? What do you think? Oh, I one hundred percent, one hundred percent think that's going to come back. And, and and again, you know, just as, as a to play as a play up to that particular event, you know, she had the conversation with Tasha, and Tasha told her that Tariq, you know, yeah, Tariq shot him. They shot shot Ray Ray. So she was a little taken aback with the fact. And it seems like they want to dig up some dirt on her, so she's in a very vulnerable state. But um, Dana, are you are you back yet? You're muted. If you're talking, I don't know. I, th- I think I think yeah. when you mentioned when you mentioned Angela, she said, "Oh, that's it. I can't." They would have spent so much time on that, you know, if they wasn't going to come back to it. So I think that's definitely going to come back. They're, they're probably going to trace it to her computer. And her login session or something like that, you know. Um, oh yeah, well, that, that's that's going to come back later on, for sure. Um, so yeah, uh, I guess let's get into some of the more um, important things that happened in the episode. So um, after the failed attempt to you know get Dre earlier in the episode, they kind of start to orchestrate another assassination, you know, on Dre and everything, and they want to do it during the funeral. Now, to set this up, you know, they have kind of a, a briefing where they discuss what the strategy is going to be. Um, Kanan said he's going to get some of his guys. Um, Tommy suggests that they should get some of the Italians because Dre probably won't see, you know, he, he, he won't think that white guys are coming to kill him and stuff like that. So um, and he literally says something like that, which is funny. But um, yeah, so he suggests that he's going to get some of the Italians. Of course, we know that, you know, he, he he knows who his father is. He's established a relationship with his father now. Um, and, you know, he, he's got some Italians to call on if he needs to. So he visits them and, um, you know, he meets one of the other guys in the mafia. And typical Tommy, you know, he uh, disobeys something that, you know, the uh, I forgot that guy's name, the, the his, his dad's friend or whatever. Vincent. Vincent. Oh no! Oh no! Not no! No! Not not Vincent. It's the other. The, Vincent is the guy who is in charge of. You know that is very good friends with uh, his his father. That is friends with. You know, um, he. You know, because outside Tommy sees some other Italians, like some young guys, and um, he hears that you know they they've got a very good reputation when it comes to doing dirt and everything. But his his uh 
his father's friend tells him not to to speak to them and not to you know um, arrange anything with them and not to tie them into any business or anything like that because everything they do goes through Vincent. But typical Tommy, you know, he disregards this. And after he meets with Vincent, he goes straight to those young guys and he asks them to help him in the assassination attempt on Dre's life. And, you know, um, he offers them a sum of money to do it and everything. And I guess they agree. Um, and then, you know, later on in the episode, uh, they, you know, um, there's the whole funeral scene and a lot happens within that scene itself. Uh, there's, there's some interesting points there, like, uh, when Tate makes Tommy sit behind the front row, like, you know, cause Tommy's like a brother to Jamie. He's like family basically. So they wanted him in the front row, but Tate is like, nah, we, we can't have this white guy in the front row. It's gonna, it's gonna paint a picture to the viewers, or, you know, people watching this. And, you know, he basically doesn't want Tommy and Tommy, he, he doesn't want to cause any conflict at the funeral. So he's respectful and he agrees to sit in the row behind. Um, and then there's a point you know, during the fu- funeral service where Tommy leans over and whispers to, to, to Jamie and tells him that, you know, um, everybody's in position. The Italians are in position and they can see Dre and they're ready to, you know, pursue the assassination and everything. But Tariq hears that, you know, and uh, Tariq is meant to go up and speak, but he acts like he's crying and then he runs off to the bathroom and he texts Dre to warn him. And uh, Dre manages to get away. He also manages to shoot one of the Italians that uh, Tommy had, you know, um, go to the thing and everything. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff happens there uh, with that second attempt on Dre's life. Um and there's a lot to unpack there so let's get straight into everything um uh dana are you back you're muted uh i guess she's having technical difficulties but rich what's your thoughts on you know the setup of this second attempt on on dre's life uh was it sloppy and you know will the mistakes that tommy made come back to haunt him in terms of you know the the Italians and everything like that. So let me just give a disclaimer before I before I get to answer those those two questions. I like the very least they taken him out a certain type of way and been successful, but because he got the warning from, from uh, Tariq that he these these are people that only work work with Vincent. He basically went over Vincent to this drug stuff. So if Tommy has issues with the drug shipment. The fact that he has all these issues with with Dre and the Jimenez, uh, that means he will not be able to to, to deliver that seventy five percent promise that he made. So I feel like he is setting himself up for all kinds of trouble. Uh, and now, like, like I said, that this boy's sister died, and he's still acting up. Like I don't get it. And Dre has a lot to do with you know his sister dying in the first place you know i mean it's not just dre like everyone kind of did something wrong that led to it but um yeah like you know he dre, dre has endangered his life and you know everyone else's so it's like why are you helping him at this point um exactly uh one one, one quick thing i want to say real quick too because like and they they were behavior yeah that 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 was a very um 
that wasn't an easy to watch scene when you know uh jamie was kind of grilling uh tariq and everything and like shouting at him yelling because you know obviously you're thinking that that's only gonna make tariq more distant with his father you know it's gonna create a worse relationship and um you know there, there's a scene later on where they're carrying the casket you know Raina's casket and uh, jamie kind of gives tariq a nod and everything but the the nod that tariq gives back it's not like you know um it's not one that says yeah we're, we're on the same page you know it's one that's where he's like whatever i'm just i'm just going along with this for now and then i'm going to screw you over later so i think this is this is definitely something that's going to be reoccurring throughout the season and i, I think it's definitely going to lead to tariq being on the other side you know of jamie's agenda i think so it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out i still think he needs he needs a whooping you know Tariq needs a whooping but um yeah dana are you back yet i'm here i'm sorry technology just all died um the scene was that it was very just it was odd um was all for the scene and I was feeling it and then I was really confused by Tariq going off and calling um, basically texting to, to warn um, Drek about what was happening and even saying that whole nod situation I interpreted it as something I interpreted as are you okay in the sense that you know you just lost your sister are you okay him giving that nod and then it was weird because you could also interpret it as maybe some other setup so I just didn't understand what the heck was what they was trying to accomplish with that but I, I just I just want uh, Tariq needs a good beating and we said that before just a real good old fashioned you know parental beating um there's a lot of open questions that they that they they, you know, these questions they left open because from this one scene alone, I don't exactly know the direction that they're trying to go. Maybe, maybe in some, maybe it's going to be, it's going to be um, Dre set up by Tariq. So maybe he's playing that best friend role and I got you out of the jam and, you know, I saved your life initially. So he can be the one who takes out Dre. So we could be looking at this all wrong. Maybe Tariq has a motive. Maybe through that whole nod situation that we saw with him give his father, maybe that was something that they both came up with. Maybe that was the plan all along. You know, because that nod, for me, it was one of those really weird, suspicious nods. Like, you know, did you do it? You got it? You good? You know? And we all know that you good is interpreted in a lot of different ways. And the way how I interpret it is that, you know, they're setting up Dre. So maybe he knew that they're not going to catch him this time. Maybe the whole thing is so that Tariq can get the revenge. So that's how I view it. If that's the case, then they were really smart by doing this. If that's not the case, then I'm really confused and I did not like the writing. I don't know about that. I think the nod was more like because you know Tariq ran off crying. Apparently, he was crying, but um, he was he crying ran- his mother. He was. He knew what he had to do. He's not going to sit and text him in the middle of the funeral, draw yeah, attention, yeah. 
people like to look at you and your phone and what you're doing. He's not going to do that. So him running off, you know, and remember, they were cameras. Remember, the funeral was televised. Yeah. So him being distraught, they got the, 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 the people on their side. They got the people on their side. And then, uh, the, you know, he's trying to cover it up and him running to the bathroom. And, hit, you know, the was, I believe yeah, the mother was at the door. Are you all right? Are you all right? So she's feeling emotional. And it was all this really great setup and this really great acting thing so that they can they can basically cross Dre. That's how I view it. I, you know, think, I don't think Jamie was in on that. I think it's just, you know, he was nodding because he was... You know, seeing if, if Tariq was alright If he was good and everything, you know um, Just being Proud that he's there to carry the casket Also, you know, I think that's what His nod was about Okay But, it, I mean, you could be onto something Too, you know, there could be some underlying uh, Plot Like, unfolding before Our eyes as well, but um, I don't know uh, Like like you said earlier, there's many Ways this can go, so we have to wait and see But um, Tariq is definitely going to play a big part In in this season for sure um, But yeah uh, w- What did you think about You know how they set up This assassination attempt on Dre Because you know the whole Tommy He went to see the Italians He met Vincent And then he saw the, those hitmen outside And you know he tried to hire them And they specifically said that everything they do goes through Vincent But he still offered them a sum of money Anyway to try and You know um, hit Dre And then Dre ended up shooting One of them you know um, And it looks like he might be dead or whatever So like that's definitely going to come back to haunt Tommy So what, what was your thoughts on You know the whole setup of them Trying to get Dre and everything And Tommy's you know mess up think that it was corny and it was kind of really sloppy but i think again i'm going with the fact that it was intentional i think that this was intentionally how it was supposed to go down so that it looks like some type of sloppy thing so that they can get dre and double cross him i mean the man came out and they tried to kidnap him and he's gonna you know Tariq at the end is gonna look like some type of hero and the guy that they did shoot and kill was expendable it wasn't tommy and it wasn't kanan so i think that it's I don't really but, what about Vincent? Like this this guy Vincent, he's a he's a big player when it comes to the Italians and he's got a, a strong relationship with Tommy's father. You know, so yeah. for, for Tommy to cross him, that looks very bad on him and that can have ramifications on, on you know on it him. can it can. Maybe that was the hiccup in, in the in the thing, how it was originally supposed to go down. That was the hiccup thing, and I do think that Tommy is gonna end up paying for it later or snapping um but i i yeah i do see it as is it being a hiccup in the plan it didn't wasn't supposed to go that way tommy again is very uh, uh very brash and he doesn't really think things out thoroughly so i do see that that's gonna end up coming back later on and being a part of like a big plot line in the the rest of the season mm. Yeah, interesting theories there. Um, so moving on to you know like the the end of the show and everything, we get that scene with you know which I, I thought it was a great scene to be honest, where you know Dre survived and you know um, Jamie is at Raina's grave 
and then you know there are there are multiple scenes here we see uh tommy getting a card when he, he gets home and finds a card on his door and kanan is uh coming out of the strip club or wherever he was at and you know he he finds a card on his car and then you know um dre he he actually walks up to jamie at the grave you know he pulls up to him at while he's at the grave and he's like yeah i know you ain't strapped at your your, your daughter's funeral or whatever like it was a very gangster moment for dre i think like and he's like yeah you guys better not you know you better calm this down and you better stop trying to to get at me because you know i got i got the cartel behind me and everything and i run shit now you know basically giving him the talk you know telling him to back off and everything and then he puts the card inside jamie's pocket um so what what did you guys think of that scene and where does that leave you know the uh the the relationship between jamie and dre and you know everyone else in in that situation like where where does this leave things and how is this going to set up what happens next uh what do you think dana and what do you think of the scene as well you know as well well so. the scene as well i thought it was really unoriginal because we've seen that played out so many different times it was so corny um, but I did say previously that I did want, you know, Dre to be the one who's the, the gets his come up and, you know, is is the leader of basically the, the whole situation. But just the way, again, how it was executed was like like this ominous godfather thing where they had the music. Remember, they had the music playing and, and then they had the cards and everyone was seeing what their cards was and they had that look of like dread on their face. And the fact that he visited the gravesite was like that whole I have an offer you you can't refuse type of situation. I just thought it was really corny. But at the same time, um, I think that it's again, I'm still going to go and say this, that this is some way where Dre thinks that he holds all the cards and that him and Tariq are really cool and that they're going to end up, you know, doing this switch on him. And setting him up for something. Or, you know, having Tariq kill him. Um, but again, I'm going to let him have his moment. And say that, you know, he wanted to be like the big boy of the group. And he thinks that he can basically threaten everyone. Because remember, he, he not only just threatened them. He said, you know, I have a card and this was for your whole family. And remember how it went to 50 Cent? And he's like, I've only seen this in jail. And you would be afraid if you saw this card. Remember that whole scene that played out? So it was corny. But I think that they're letting Dre have his moment. Cool. And what about you, Rich? What did you think of that final scene? Well, I will say that I understand why Dana said Because a bit deeper. Because I, re- I remember. Yeah, I think he, yeah, a lot can happen between their friendship as well. You know, Dre and Christopher, I I could see that turning sour eventually as well. And that, you know, would put Dre in a vulnerable state. And also doesn't, um, I'm trying to remember, was it Jamie or was it Tommy who met with the Jimenez before? Because I'm sure one of them, or maybe both of them, have met with the Jimenez and they kind of had 
some sort of relationship established with them before from prior dealings or something. Yeah, they they both did. They asked. They believe they asked some back dealing that can go on there to to turn things around on Dre. But ultimately, I think this this entire episode was designed to set up Dre's character for this season and make him seem untouchable and make him seem like he has all the power. And um, like you guys mentioned, there were some questionable points throughout the episode. Um, I think most of my, uh, you know, um, questionable things come from, you know, the, 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 the friendship between Jamie Tommy and Kanan just because it's a bit too forced for me like they 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 they're not supposed to be that friendly with each other or that tight after everything they've been through last season but besides that I think they did a great job setting up Dre to be the man in power at the moment and I think that final scene was was a nice touch um I think it was essential that he showed up at the gravesite because you know he he knew that Jamie probably wasn't going to be strapped and he wasn't going to be violent or aggressive there because, you know, it's a, it's a respectful place. Um, if he would have showed up at his home, then, you know, anything could have happened because, um, you know, Jamie probably would have had his gun on him at that point. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that was a great scene, um, personally. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think it, I think it, you, you had to have a scene and the super friends and the corniness and I want to be a gangster thing I thought that they did a pretty decent job so I liked this episode I thought it was very entertaining I like how they blended it with the music I like how they made it very like this atmospheric thing even though there were elements where it was just ridiculous but I did like it yeah it was it was definitely a good premiere um, it was interested good. to hear more thoughts on it uh, I do want Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I will say that not at one point did it drag. I didn't think it dragged. I think that they introduced who they needed to introduce. They made, you know, the storylines with what they needed to do. And yes, they did leave parts very open-ended, but this is the premiere episode, so it's supposed to be open-ended. So I do applaud them for that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I do want to give them props for the song selection because that song they played at the end with the Dre scene, that was like one of the hardest hip-hop songs I've heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, Jay the Kiss. Yeah, that was episode one of Power Season 5. And that's our thoughts, our recap. We definitely want to know, you know, what you guys think out there. So definitely uh, leave some of your comments below. Let us know what you think, any theories you have and what you think might happen next. Um, and we'll definitely be back again next week to recap next week's episode. So be on the lookout for that. Um, and we are on iTunes as well. So you can look us up there and subscribe and, you know, you can get the episodes there as well. If you just want to listen and uh, also check out the coalition.com that's coalition spelt with a K. So definitely check out the website. We have a lot of other entertainment posts and video game posts and everything like that. So check out the website too. But for now, we'll see you next week. Peace out. Peace out.